Well, when I was uh, growing up, um, it was always an exciting thing to go up to London. And we had this family rule. It was, and I'm not sure whether my father started it or my grandfather started it, but it was, if you get lost, meet us under the clock at Charing Cross. They were pretty sure somehow we would find our way back. And this tradition still stands, in fact, right up until uh, my father went to be with the Lord and he would come and stay with me and we'd go up to London. I'd be like, well, Dad, if you get lost, uh, meet me under the clock at uh, Charing Cross. And so I still smile when I remember that or I go through Charing Cross. As I remember the people that would have said that uh, to me, the fun on the trips we had uh, together, the surety of it, of knowing, still gives me some sense of feeling of security. If I made it back there, I would be found. If I made it back there, I would be welcomed with I'm sure, open and hugging arms. And if I made it back there, someone would show me the way home. Then in these uncertain times that we're living in, we have a virus that's stripping us of life in so many ways. We have racial tensions driven by deep acts of injustice, a shattered economy, an undefined way forward. We are all experiencing grief, fear, anxiety, anger, confusion, and at times, despair. So where do we begin if we are going to make a lasting and significant change, not only in society, but in our own lives? Who do we trust? We all need to first come back to a place of how it should be before we can go forward. We all need our equivalent of the clock at Charing Cross. In negotiations, debate, and reconciliation forums, um, it always takes place when people come to the table. We even use that phrase, don't we? Well, Jesus gives us a place at his table. And I think if we go there, we may find we have all we need to go forward. In today's reading, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering brings solidarity. I set up a family Zoom call at the beginning of lockdown, not quite expecting it will go on this long uh, that I have a weekly Saturday call. Um, but I set it up so that my, um, I call them the old people now, I get, I get lots of ridicule for that. But uh, my, you know, my aunts and uncles could be in touch, they could see each other. And my cousins and partners and extended family join from time to time. And as you can imagine, it is chaos. Um, everyone talking at once, uh, we recall the memories we've had, the laughs we've had together, the more serious and painful moments. My uncle every week has something that he's found in some car boot sale somewhere along the line that he brings out and has us in hysterics. We do talk about the more serious issues. We agree and we disagree, we challenge each other and we have honest conversations all free to express our experiences and our views. And we recall the family traits, who's like who, who does what. And those are both fun and painful sometimes. And we remember together the things my grandfather taught all of us, the things that my dad and his siblings got up to. But what do I know out of this? 
Well, I was sitting watching them last night quite quietly, actually. And I know I, I come from there. I know it's a place I belong. I know that these people are for me and not against me. I know I'm loved. I know I'm accepted. And it doesn't matter what I do. In our difference, this is my family, whether it's blood or not blood, as the members exist. And these times have been precious to reclaim that. At the Last Supper, around a table in an upper room, Jesus was with his friends around a table. And he gave us, I think, more than just a simple act to remember the cross and the cost of the cross um, after he had been crucified and risen again. You see, from the cross, he made a table. And there we remember. What a beautiful table it is. You see, at the Lord's table, everyone is welcome. There is no discrimination. It is a colorful, quirky, fun, loving table where whoever comes can just be. There's no judgment. It's a table of generosity and abundance. At this table, there is honest conversation where we're heard and accepted, challenged and shaped. And it's a table where grace is poured out and love abounds and where we can invite anyone to join us. I often think of what it must have been like at that last supper. There was fellowship around the table with good friends. They're having um, a closeness and an intimacy that they built up over time. There was great conversation, laughter. They're probably arguing about some points and there was listening. They all knew each other's gifts, their good points, their bad points, and yet they still loved each other. And they still each had a place. The past where they came from was irrelevant. And yet there were other things going on at that table, which I'm sure we're less aware of. What do you think Judas was feeling that night? Knowing what he was about to go and do, I'm pretty sure he wasn't relaxed in their company. And Jesus knew what he was going to do. And yet Judas was still welcome at that table. And how must Jesus have been feeling? I don't know. He, he must have surely had some disappointment at Judas. Maybe even some anger at the injustice he was about to go and face. Maybe he was sad that this was the last time together he'd be with these 12 people he would call his friends. And he was also carrying the burden of what was to come. The real um, culmination of his calling. And yet... There was still time for a couple more lessons, wasn't there? He stood up and he taught them how to serve by washing their feet. And then he left them with the gift. Do this in remembrance of me. And he broke bread. And just look at the change that group of people brought to the world. The Black Lives Matter movement has affected us all in some way. And I hope most are in agreement that racism is wrong, and that's racism in any form, I should add. It is totally unacceptable. 
It is unjust, it brings pain, it divides, and actually it diminishes us all. It needs to stop. But if we don't begin at a place of grace, at a place of welcoming the other, at the place of conversation, well, then this protest, like all the others, will be left to the history books and we'll find ourselves back here sometime in the future. So how does coming back to the Lord's table, table as often as we can help us? Well, you see, at his table, it's where we are welcomed unconditionally and we learn how to do that for others. At his table, we know we are loved. And when we are loved, we can love others. At his table, we are not judged. And so therefore we learn not to judge. At his table, we find forgiveness. And so we learn to forgive. At his table, we are heard. And so we learn to listen. At his table, we find grace and mercy. And so we learn to become graceful and merciful. And at his table, we find justice. And we learn we can't be silent. And we learn how to stand up for justice. The thing is, though, we have to keep returning to that table. It's like our true north. We get so often drawn to magnetic north and we need to come back. It's there when we've lost our way, we come back to know what is core, what is right, and who we are called to be and how we are called to act. It's there where we don't give up because we get strength to persevere. It's there where we find hope. The Lord's table is always there and we are always welcome and it is always full. And here we always find more because Jesus is there. And only he can bring the lasting change in our lives. In communion together, we'll be, we learn that these things, in, through these things, we need to change. And as we change, we change how we see others and how we respond to them. As we learn, we find hope. And things don't go back then. And we move forward and we move forward together. St. Augustine of Hippo says this, Hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger that things are the way they are and courage to see that they do not remain as they are. So today, come to his table. At other times, invite others to join you. And there we will all find a place where we can live without injustice, where we can live equally and we can live in a way God-ordained. I'm going to end uh, with the lyrics from a Soul Survivor song called Table of the Lord. Have a listen, it's a beautiful worship song. From the cross you made a table, making room for all of us. Though the feast is never ending, we will never know the cost. From your hands you made a table with the nails that held you down. By your scars you built redemption. We will never know the cost. We give thanks around the table 
the table of the Lord, where your mercy is pouring freely and your perfect love restores, where your grace is overflowing. It spills out on the floor. There is always more at the table of the Lord. Amen.